Ladies? Oh, we can hear you. Oh, excellent. Greetings, everyone. It's been a hot goddamn minute. I'm pretty sure the last podcast we did was in December, so that's cool. A little backstory. I shared my podcast with a friend in Seattle. Shout out to my friend Ted for wanting to listen to this epic podcast. And he was really upset that I hadn't continued it. So that is how it came to be with Matt and I today. And we have a special guest, Teresa. Thanks for joining us. What up? What up? Tell us about yourself, girlfriend. Well, I am the most amazing human being that ever walked the face of the planet, according I to like myself. <laughs> toot, toot. She's tooting her own horn. Yes. I'm so happy to join today. I've been hearing all about these podcasts, and all of the content sounds right up my alley, so I'm excited to contribute today. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you. Appreciate you. Awesome. Okay, so um, I have prompted you two to run the show tonight. Um, We've both, well, all three of us at least, have some uh, leadership skills and have been in some uh, deep leadership classes and training, and I think it's a really great topic for tonight. Um, So, Nat, start it out. Oh, no pressure on my part. Toot toot. Um, (laughs) Get it, leader. (laughs) <laughs> leader, leader, <laughs> scramble. Um, so yeah, leadership. So one of my ideas at least was to just kind of talk about, so we started these podcasts, I don't know, almost a year ago, it seems like at this point. Yeah, it was and August. We always were talking about, I think the very first one was talking about like leadership for the most part, or at least it kind of developed into leadership. So my question posed to you at least is, Oh, since we haven't done a podcast in a while, how how has your leadership changed over the course of the last six months? What's something that you've learned and how have you grown? Oh, okay. Great question. <clears throat> um, in the last six months, I have learned uh, a, f- a lot of things about myself, but the things that mo- like are most predominant that stick out at the very moment are one, um, how powerful I am. When I use my voice and I stand up and let me be heard in a room or a group of people, I'm very powerful and my message lands. Um, So there was a lot of self-discovery with like self-worth and self-doubt and kind of kicking that to the curb and realizing how impactful I am on others. Two, I've learned how to meet people where they are. Um, I know that it's very difficult for people to sometimes realize um, the way that they're acting. And I have studied emotional intelligence to a point where, like, I can meet someone where they are so that they understand what I'm saying and I can land my point. So being able to connect with everyone around me, no matter their background, I felt like I was pretty well versatile in that anyways. But it just kind of, it was like the cherry on top. Um, What else have I learned? Um, I learned how I play my life. I was uh, involved in a game slash test. And um, 
it's solidified that I take my life very seriously um, and that I support others around me. In the what, do you, what do you mean by a game slash test? What, what does that mean? Um, I, okay, so I, I just graduated an emotional intelligence leadership training program um, at the beginning of May. And um, one of our exercises was uh, basically like a team of people. So like my team of people that were in my group, my training with me, um, they basically voted if I was playing team or not, like through all of the things that we were like going through exercises with, um, it was basically like how you show up when you play team. And, um, it was a, just a testament to how I play my life. Like I play my life so strongly and so seriously that like I, I play team, I play for me, I play for everyone else. Um, so it's like a win-win for everybody. There's no um, leaving people behind. It's carrying the people with me rather than leaving them behind and just letting them stay stagnant. So I learned that like I take people with me when I'm in my leadership. I step to the front. I lead from the front and people follow me. Um, let's see. What else? <clears throat> That, that kind of sounds like, what did you post today about your, your metaphor about crabs? Oh, yeah, the crabs in the bucket analogy. I wonder, I wonder if T knows yeah. about this. Okay. Let's hear it. So uh, there are two things that crabs can do in a bucket. I use this analogy for my life. Oh, Where, I think like, I've heard this one. Crabs can either stay at the bottom, and that represents stagnant. And then there's others that will, like, get out of the bucket and have other crabs pushing them out of the bucket, helping them out. And that is a representation of growth and yeah um yeah i've surrounded myself especially in the past six months with people who are the crabs that are helping like pushing me out and helping and supporting me lifting me high holding me high and um for those at the bottom that want to stay stagnant like i try to bring them up with me but it's like you can't make a horse drink when you've led them to water so I sometimes, unfortunately, have to step on those crabs to get the hell out. One of my favorite concepts along those lines is people in your life are either fountains or they're drains. And you need to decide which one you want to be and who you want to surround yourself with. My eyes are as big as saucers right now. (laughs) I wish you could. I wish you guys could see me. This is ridiculous. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. a good one. Mm-hmm. And it's so true because we expect everyone in our lives to be fountains and great, but then we don't look at our own selves and it's like, what am I? Am I draining everyone around me or myself even? So it kind of focuses you back on yourself and what you're putting out into the world because when you're a fountain, you're going to want to be around other 100%. Well. Wow, that was enlightening. Bam. Thanks yes. for sharing that. You're I welcome. Swim in the Bellagio. That's amazing. Natalie's a dork. I've known that for a very long time. All, all oh, I've known that for a very long time. And you know what? It's hard to be around people who are drains. So let me. And when we're and when we're in a bad place, we don't want to be around people who are fountains. Sometimes, so that's where you have to change your mindset and try to have like more of a growth mentality, as Natalie would say. <laughs> And, you know, get that water flowing. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you ladies this. 
what percentage of the population do you think are able or willing to be self-aware and look at themselves in, in that manner and say, hey, I am a fountain or, hey, I'm a drain and like create a shift to be something different? I think that oh, that's a that's an awesome question. I don't think that many people are self-aware at all. I don't think they even understand the concept or they're too lazy to put in the effort into themselves or they don't want to because they fear whatever it is that they yeah. see. Yeah, totally. People are afraid to face themselves and they just rather go along with complacency and simple things in life and just live superficially because it's easier yeah. or it seems easier and actually it's harder because there's going to be, work. it takes work and there's going to be something in life that's going to force you to look at yourself. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you're willing to take on that challenge when you get to that right. point. So what do you, what do you think about um, emotional intelligence and leadership being taught in schools? Like being able to look at yourself Ooh. when you're young. I think that the more education, like I'm seeing a lot of like Montessori style schools crop up in different like avenues of educating children. And I think it takes the parents that are coming up that are pushing their kids to think differently about the world and themselves. What do you think, Natalie? I mean, overall, I would agree with that. It definitely has to come from parents first because, you know, whatever's taught in school, you ultimately you choose sometimes where your kid goes and what they're learning. Parents help shape that curriculum. And I think it would be very important for kids to learn that at a very young age. I think it's really tied to communication. And, you know, you hear so much about the bullying effect and how social media has taken off because of that. And I think if kids at a younger age were more aware of how to emotionally convey their anger, their insecurities and their, you know, whatever it might be, it would be a healthier lifestyle from a much earlier age. Well, and also think about the fact that this blows my mind to think about too. I feel like throughout my leadership training, like I stopped having like the adult mentality in life. And I went completely back in time to me being a baby and like loving everyone and supporting everyone and not giving a shit what people think about me. And am I making sense here? Like just completely innocent and non-judgmental and free and um, like we didn't know what stress. Yes, you're making sense. Like like playful. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. Like I have, I feel like that's also another thing that I've learned in my leadership is like removing that like stress and whatever makes my life hard as an adult and returning to like being playful and adventurous and carefree and non-judgmental. And my life is easier, like exponentially easier. And I think that as kids, if we learn to have that childlike mentality through like as a, I guess, and mature through um, maturing, like, I think that we would have a completely different world if that were something that was taught early on in life. That's so true, because as we grow up, we we take on, like, people's perceptions of us, or we take on what our parents think we should be, or what society thinks, or social media, or our friends, or a million other things, but as we grow more into adulthood, it's up to us to 
get back to who we truly are, not what the world has put on us or what we put on ourselves. It's like unlearning. Boom. Just being vulnerable and authentic. Like, who are you really? Right. Not necessarily even be, you know, unlearning, but it helps you think more critically about everything around you your values your values your the way you speak the way you carry yourself the way you know you think about new ideas and how do you actually then um react to these new thoughts and maybe you cast away or set aside things that have been told as you don't you don't agree with and you can have much better discourse and discussion with with people around you Damn, this conversation just got it's called real, real quick. <laughs> yeah, I know it did. So one of the things that I read about constantly is like Toltec wisdom. And a huge part of that is called domestication. And it's breaking down the domestications that we learned through childhood into mm. adulthood. What our parents have taught us is true is not true. It's up to us to decide what is true for us, not what we've yes. been told by our teachers or school or anyone else. And a lot of people don't realize that they even have that choice, that you can say, no, I don't agree with that. You can, but I won't. I'm going to do it this way because this is my truth. And that's what I think is the most important for parents to do with their kids is to allow them to be their own individual, regardless if it's different than their, their own ideas of how they think their child should be. But the biggest point to that, too, is is making mistakes so that you have that ability to learn Mm -hmm. from it. I think that's an important component to that concept. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I don't know if Natalie told you this, but I'm getting my master's in organizational leadership. So I feel like I have a lot of good uh, content for this discussion. My mind is blown right now, first of all. Second of all, the, the question that this is authentic, Whitney, the authentic, vulnerable Whitney. Here it comes. Natalie, it comes. where the fuck did you find this human being? <laughs> like, what? Fell from the sky. Holy shit. I cannot wait to like Why meet you, you and hug you and all the weird things in life. I love hugs, so I'm all in. Yes, I'm so, like, she's been bragging about you, and I was like, okay, cool, like, I'll get to know her on our podcast. Uh, Like, my, I don't even have, I don't even have words. It's hard to leave me speechless, ask Natalie. I have a permanent smile, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) She's not the only one. I'm being for real right now, so. Yes, authentic me. Um, so speaking about authentic you, because I know we also talk about that that topic. So bringing it kind of back to leadership, yes. then. So one of the one of the ideas that we threw around for this podcast was to kind of talk about authentic versus inauthentic leadership. Boom. So I guess maybe let's start off with um, change of pace. What's some of the what's an experience you've had with either authentic or inauthentic leadership? Mm. I'll go first. Oh, solid. <laughs> so unfortunately, I've experienced more inauthentic leaders than authentic leaders. I don't know why that is. Maybe the industries that I was in. Roll it back even for a, a question. How would you define an authentic Great question. leader? 
to know that it's not an authentic leader. I'm going to define through example. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <Can't wait>. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I'm sorry. Step back on your <laughs> <laughs> My favorite place to be. Testing, testing. Okay, okay. Um, so inauthentic leadership is easy to spot from a mile away. You can tell a phony from far, far away because they're just saying what they you want to hear and then they do the complete opposite. Like if you tell your supervisor, hey, I really want to be involved in this project. I've got all these great ideas. And he says or she says, yeah, yeah, great, great. And then nothing ever mm. happens. An authentic leader doesn't do that. They'll tell you the truth. You can't be involved on this team for X, Y, or Z reasons, or we're so excited to bring some fresh ideas in. Join the meeting on Tuesday at night. Can I, can I, uh, what I'm hearing you say is that this human being is out of integrity. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Honesty is a great quality. <laughs> And it's underrated because people are afraid of conflict and that's why they don't yes. tell the truth. Because they think telling lies is going to, you know, save face for everyone. When it doesn't, it actually makes 100%. things worse. It builds and it builds and it builds. And then finally when it explodes, it's just, this could have, this could have solved so many problems before. And the consequences are so much worse at the end. Right. The workplace, just spinning it towards that light, because that's what I'm studying and what I'm involved in is, full of conflict and a really good leader knows how to, or a really good leader has strong conflict management skills. Okay. Don't you think Natalie? I would agree. Because and, you, that, you, and it's a skill for sure. It's something that can be learned. It's something that can be developed. It's something that can be, you know, somebody become, can become an expert in. Absolutely. Practice makes perfect. But the problem is not a lot of people are able, or how should I say this? Um, not everyone is given the training that they need. Leadership training in corporations especially is lacking, I think, desperately lacking because organizations don't want to put money into Which it. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, no formal training. And, you know, the, the idea of someone having a title of manager or management doesn't mean anything agreed <laughs> means you get paid more than everyone else but that's it your skill level it, blo it blows right. my mind okay so let me tell you where i'm at with like my leadership training t i don't know if you know about this or not but i started an emotional intelligence leadership training program in august of last year and um i started my business in 2016 but it really wasn't taking off and um this leadership training program has been, it, it could have been four months long, four months long, but it was like an investment in my business. Like being emotionally intelligent, having those leadership skills was an investment in me creating a successful business and investing in myself. And it's funny that big corporations won't do this because like, if you think about it, we pay ass ton of money for car insurance and like health insurance, but we won't invest in ourselves. In the long run. That's so true. So I think um, one thing I wanted to bring up actually was something you said earlier about having a voice. 
And I've read a lot of uh, articles and different kinds of content in my schoolwork about how women especially are trained or kind of raised to not have a voice and to sit set, set themselves mm-hmm. aside. It's like almost in our DNA to be the quieter one, to take the back seat, to not be loud, to not participate, to not be strong. It's like you have to kind of rewire the way that you think and the way that you um, the way that you act, especially in a group setting or a work setting, whatever it is, because it's, it's not really how we're brought up to be, at least in our generation. Maybe the new generation is different, but it's kind of like that primitive. Um, I'm the caretaker. I'm not the one on center stage. I'm not the one leading the pack, but we can lead the pack. We just have to be brave enough to do it. When did you start that journey? Um, I started that journey actually about a awesome. year ago. It's powerful. Very. It's incredibly powerful. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm literally standing in a room with like two warrior women. Jesus, I love it. We yes. feel the same way. Yes, strong as fuck. Okay, anyways, back to leadership. <laughs> um, good grief. Okay, so inauthentic, what I'm hearing you say is inauthentic leadership is like dishonest, out of integrity, um, sitting back, taking a back seat, not having a voice. I'm choosing to not step into that power. And then authentic is being honest. Um, oh man, you're cutting out on us. Hold on. Good. All right, now we can okay. hear you. Sorry, we're we're driving through the nether regions. Oh, Columbus. do your thing. Um, <laughs> All right, say it, say it again so we can hear I it. I just was kind of summing up what your definition of inauthentic leadership was and then authentic leadership. Basically, like, inauthentic is dishonest and out of integrity, and authentic is, like, good at um, conflict resolution, honest, and, and integrity. Yes. Okay. Perfect. And then, Nat, what was your question about, like, following up after our definition of what those both were? So, since after defining what's, like, what's authentic and what's inauthentic, then what have you experienced in that type of leadership? How do you see yourself as a leader and being an authentic leader? Teresa, go... Go ahead. How do you how do you strive to be the authentic? Leader? Go ahead. What have you experienced? Yes, me. Any of us. Well, I think that for me, the, through the books that I've read, honestly, I always go back to my books. I call them my books because they're my books because I read them over and over again, and they help me ground myself. And it always starts with you. You have to be good with who you are, how you feel. You have to have values and principles and stick by them no matter what. Because all we have really at the end of the day is ourselves. Everything else is fleeting. Nothing else is really permanent except for ourselves. So you really have to love yourself before you can love anyone around you. Even your girlfriend, your mother, your wife. If You can't love them unconditionally until you love yourself unconditionally. So you have to bring that into leadership. It's no different. I really don't think having, um, having like being a supervisor and having employees is any different than 
being in a, a dating relationship because there's a give and a take. There's honesty, there's compromise, there's communication, and that is that is the key. But to lead people authentically, you have to be authentic with yourself. You can't be giving yourself lip service and lying to yourself because in turn, you're going to lie to everyone around you. You have to own who you are. Or honestly, no one's going to follow you. Mm-hmm. Well, some people might because they have their own agenda, but then if you're in a team environment, it's just going to be shit. Yeah, it, it always breaks down. It always does. And you know, sometimes uh, th- this is a, a, a strange example. Um, I am not going to name where I was working, but I was working somewhere and um, the executive chef was not nice to people and but he was authentic like he didn't give a shit about what people thought about him he was not playing like he was authentically grumpy him and that was just it and he came into work one day and he lipped off to me and this was right in the middle of my leadership training and I'm like this is right where I'm finding my self-worth and where I value myself and loving me And he was like, Whitney, you have fucking desserts to run. And I was like, and you just lost the best employee that you will probably ever have. And he was like, what did you just say? (laughs) But it was like, it was like a moment where his inauthentic, well, I guess it was authentic leadership didn't work for me. And so I chose out and I chose to do my own thing. And now I'm my own boss. But it's just interesting how like, it can be viewed as negative. Like the authentic leadership can be viewed as negative and as positive too. I'm kind of thinking through that one. Take your time. Well, cause here's why I, I understand. I, I see your, your perspective too, but then again, we don't know what his story is. Yes. Maybe it's being authentic, but Maybe that's how you how in that environment he has to run his team. So in that instance, he's being an authentic leader, but you're maybe as being a team member, you're your what's the word I'm looking for? Um, your own goal, there was conflict there. That's that's basically what it what it was. The two styles created Absolutely. Conflict. It was something that I wasn't willing to deal with. And some people did. Like, that's how, you know, there were people that worked there for 30 years that were fine with how he was. And I I just wasn't. So I also think that's interesting, too. Like, people's vision of authentic versus inauthentic and how they feel about it in all kinds of different situations. We could go on about this topic for fucking days, really. So true. (laughs) <laughs> but that's very true though because it makes me think of something I, I remember reading like uh, in my own studies that leaders have certain characteristics um, that define what a leader is not necessarily authentic or inauthentic but in order to be a leader you have to have some vision some greater vision and that your role is to move these people as your team towards that vision there's just all these different ways and styles that it can be accomplished with. So your example 
kind of makes me, I, I don't know. I question your example though, because from my perspective, that, that chef or whoever it was, that guy was a good authentic leader using a certain strategy, but maybe it was his strategy that you didn't agree with or how, how that is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. Um, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, no problem. Can, I just, can, we're we're, we're kind of talking about the same <clears throat> thing, just two different right. ways. But to be back on track, um, I guess I don't really have... I've had both. I've had inauthentic and authentic leaders. And... Some worked for some reasons and some didn't for others. So so here's an example I can share. I worked for a company where you could make the argument that the, the person in charge was an authentic leader or an inauthentic leader based on what the end goal was, what that vision was. So I would make the argument that this person was an inauthentic leader because the the strategies and the, the choices that he made running a business was ultimately to benefit him to get to mm. a higher position. Yep. It didn't matter who, who was cut, who was stabbed in the back, who, whatever happened versus an authentic leader would be, in my opinion, this vision of making the company better and their people better and their yeah right by developing the careers of the people that are under them or the knowledge base of the people that would help you that would regardless still boost your own career as a high level executive but you would look so much better doing it because you have the support of everyone under you yeah for sure there's a name for that kind of leadership style um, it's called pseudo transformational leadership. Have a love now. It's called <laughs> pseudo transformational leadership. Right. It's when you're able to, you have followers and you're able to convince people to follow you and, you know, kind of trigger what you think that they're going to react to, but you're doing it for your own personal gain and your own power. Yeah. A lot of um, people called like Hitler a pseudo transformational oh, leader. Ego trip. Mm-hmm. He's a leader, but he's not leading people right. In the right way. Trump, not to get political, pseudo transformational leadership. He gets into people's minds, twists what they think to be true, and then leads them for his own gain and on his own path to destruction. So you can be a leader, but definitely for mm-hmm. the wrong cause. Touche. Did we answer your question, Natalie? I think so. I don't. I mean, the whole point of us is to talk about different styles of leadership and how people perceive what an authentic leader is, because it is gonna it's gonna be different from person to person. Because if you're gonna get political, you know, one person that says Trump, for example, is an un- inauthentic leader is somebody else's correct i mean let's be honest hitler was the same way yes it's Uh, not because it's a majority vote at that point and that's why people love trump because they say he's so authentic he says what's on his mind i love a guy like that interesting 
But what he's saying on his mind is not right. a good thing. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> Herein lies the problem. Touche. That makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> All right, so here's a follow-up question. So let's talk about, let's bring it back down for within, you know, like a workplace environment or, you know, a friend group or even with you, you know, in your emotional studies. Um, how, how would you, as an authentic leader then, I really thought I knew <laughs> This is to. typical <laughs> of you, for sure. <laughs> I, like, I have I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> it's very fleeting. It's, it's like, uh, I can see you both shit. in the car right now. Exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm staring at her with great anticipation. <laughs> it's like, okay, there's a good one coming, and um, it's all false. So that's me being inauthentic. No, that is for sure, yeah. I really, I really have no idea what I'm going to I'm going to change yeah, the topic. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So one of my favorite leadership styles that I've learned about so far is called servant leadership. Has anyone heard about that no. so far? Negative. Okay. So Maybe. servant leadership is um, a concept started by a man by the last name of Greenleaf in, I believe, like 1970. And so basically what it is, is to become a leader, you have to serve first. You have to make the choice to serve the people that you lead and then make the choice to lead them. So for me, it's kind of like you're putting people before yourself. You're helping them. You're answering their questions. You're doing any small task that anyone else would do. Like you don't put yourself on a pedestal just because you're the one quote unquote in charge. It's like you're helping everyone get to the finish line. Kind of what you were saying before is like you said that when you will follow you because you help them this is the same kind of thing you're not leading for ego you're leading because you genuinely care about seeing other people succeed yes that landed thank you that landed i felt like that was a compliment yes (laughs) i said i feel like that was a compliment what was that One more time. Can you guys hear me now? I think we lost you. Hello? Hello? Sh- Hello. Shalom. Shalom. Can you hear me? <laughs> I yes, said, I now. feel like that was a compliment. Toot toot. Just like, yeah, like when you leave, people follow because you genuinely give a shit. I do give a shit. That landed and that was authentic and I loved it. Thank you. <clears throat> that is a... Uh, you're welcome. So, okay, here's a fun question. Um, when I was talking about meeting people where they're at, there are four types of leaders. Uh, I guess, well, in my studies, there's four, uh, I guess, personality types that are in the forefront of our minds um, by the way that we were raised, essentially. So there's controller, which is the person that likes to be in control of every situation. There's the promoter who is like super duper excited about everything and super energetic. And then we've got the supporter who is like all emotions and like. 
I'm all of these. I'm not done yet. This, <laughs> it gets good. So the supporter is like very like feelings based emotions. Like um, they take those into account. They're super empathetic. And then we have the analyzers who have to have all the details, all the numbers, every single possible piece of information. That's that's Natalie. <laughs> and you said yeah. you're all of them. Yep. I can uh, relate to all of those. I mean, <laughs> I don't think every any one person is exactly that. I'm well, sure it, it's like a blend it, between it, all it, Yeah, it's a blend. It is. So, so, dumb, so basically, um, what I'm getting at is there's like, the, you're, you, you have a top two. Like for me, I'm a promoter controller. So like I have all the qualities of a promoter. So I get super excited. And I also like to be in control of the situation. So like those are my two things that like, I'm strong suited at fortunately, but unfortunately at the same time, because there's pros and cons to each. Like Natalie, you said you're like uh, your top one's an analyzer. So what that tells me about you is that you need to have all the details and that you need to have all the information and you got to have like every possible thing to make a decision. And there's a lot of times you don't make a decision because you can't stop thinking about all the details. You know what's so funny about that is I don't perceive I don't Natalie either. to be that way at all. But it's interesting yes, that she perceives herself you. that way. Interesting. So I remember I sat through like a sales communications course and this concept is very similar in that way. It's like talking like when you're talking with a customer, where what category do they fall in so that you can tailor your message yes. to how they're gonna receive it. And I, I don't remember exactly what it, what it was called, but it was a grid system and it was like mm-hmm. four letters, like a D and A or something, an analyzer. And, but I'm sure that this concept exists in like, was it the matrix? Is that what they called it? On... Uh, okay. I honestly all do right. not remember at all. I called it modeling. Yeah. And so there's pros, there's pros and cons to every single one of them. Like the analyzer is like, yeah, you have to be very detail oriented, but also at the same time, there's a lot of time that you don't make a decision because you're so stuck in your head. And then for this, and then for like a supporter who is super empathetic, they become a doormat and they're like, Oh, I have all these feelings. So like when you really love somebody, you care about them, but like they keep treating you like shit over and over again, your feelings are so much more important. So like you get treated like a doormat. Extreme examples though, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, for promoter, which is me hardcore all the way, 100%. And this is, this is me like to a T. And if it wasn't for this leadership training, I would have not been able to like pull my head out of my ass and figure out what the fuck was wrong and not working in my business. So thank fucking God for this emotional intelligence (laughs) shit. Um, promoters get really excited. They bring people up with them. They have really crazy good energy, but they never follow through. Oh, I don't want to say never, but a lot of the times like we're flaky. We're like, oh, we'll commit to something. And then we're like, yeah, I'm just kidding. That like last minute, like, I'm not doing that. We tend, I do it all the time, dude. And like, also I was worried, I was wondering why my business wasn't taking off. And it's because people hit me up and they're like, I want to do a photo shoot. And I just let it go. Like, I don't follow up with them and be like, Hey, yeah. Like I heard that you want to do a photo shoot with me. When do you want to book a consultation? Oh, like how we were supposed yes. to do this podcast two days ago similar <laughs> shit thanks for calling me out dude thanks for not ripping and me off was, 
and then it was just total silence. And I was like, that's okay. Great. I'm glad that you didn't say anything because obviously I knew you didn't want to do it either. (laughs) Great, promoter. (laughs) I love those situations so much. I hope. I'm going to say yes and hope the other person never calls me or contacts me. So you're a promoter too, it sounds like. Yeah, you get real. You have crazy good energy. I mean, Depends on the day. It depends. I mean, like, I'm sure that each person, you could pick up different traits. Okay, hold on. There's one more. What about me? I said, controller. Yep. (laughs) So controllers (laughs) like to be in control of every situation. (laughs) But they're so in control. They're so in control of the situation that they like they don't give a fuck about who they step on to get where they're going. And like, no, that's not me. That is. Um, and you're talking like the sometimes like CEOs or yes. people like power grabbers, football coaches, uh, at the highest level. I guess real. No, well, I don't know. I don't like know. people that like to control other people. I don't I mean, know. I don't know. I. I'm a controller. I like to be in control of like my money. I like to be in control of my dog and I like to be in control of my home. And so there's like, but there's downsides to that too. Like let it go. Like I have a hard time letting it go. And that's a lot of like the controller's problem is. Yeah. That sounds like me. Yeah. You like to be like, this is my house. I want it this way. Like, and if somebody comes in, they're like, you could, wa- you could wash dishes this way. And you're like, no, the fuck you can't. Like, you can't. Yeah, that's. Oh, my yep. gosh. Yep. That's so me and Natalie. Okay. I want to tell the. I know exactly what one you're going to say. So say it. No, please. No, you no. say it. No, no, no. Jesus, Natalie, somebody. Please. Flip a coin <laughs> for Christ's sake. Come on, babe. No, you tell. No. Okay. So. You literally put me on the spot. So in that same example of how your house is mm. supposed to be done a certain way or how mm. the dishes mm-hmm. are supposed to be done a certain way, those are the two items that we that we ever fight about. And it's one specifically is mm-hmm. how to put the bed sheets on, <laughs> which way. Do you put the print side up or the print side down continually? And the other one is um, how... Like, it's just using a dishwasher, first and foremost, because I hand wash my stuff, and Teresa insists on putting it in the dishwasher anyway. And then it's the next story of how to load the dishwasher. She is a controller. So that all stems from my idea and perceptions on cleanliness (laughs) and order. And it's also social conditioning. It's probably what you grew up around. And there was someone very opinionated around you that maybe felt the same way you did and pushed it onto you. And now you. Or the opposite of it's something that you did not. 100%. It can be the. I know exactly where this stems from is when I finally lived by myself, I was able to have Mm -hmm. control (laughs) over absolutely every inch of my living space. And I did things the way I wanted them to be done. And no, I shouldn't project that onto Natalie, but she's very good at compromising. So the point of this story is to, is really to say that each person probably exemplifies all four yes. of those different styles yes. in some sort of way. Ours yes. just happen to be quirky. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> the first time I took the, the test, uh, I was promoter controller. 
which basically means I, so there's 20 like specific, um, I guess ways of being for each one. So there's 20 of each and I was 20 promoter and I was like 16 controller. I was like two supporter, which means I don't fucking care about my feelings. Oh, so it's like a it's like a weighted. Yes. So you're you yeah, yes. you're really, really high in this one, but you yes. but you also one hundred percent and like analyzer, I was none of them. Fun fact. None. Today I took the test and I'm still none. twenty <laughs> promoter, still sixteen controller, but I'm like ten supporter and like thirteen analyzer. So like I'm what I'm doing oh. is it's called shifting and it's just like being able to meet people where they are. So when I realize that like, hey, Natalie's basically love language is analyzer. So I have to give her all the details about shit for her to get what I'm saying. Then I deliver it in that way and you get what I'm saying. And then my communication is on point. Does that make sense? Yee. Yes, it absolutely does. You speak to the people so that they can understand. I, I get definitely get level. on their level for sure. Have to understand Correct. So it's like first. a quick five minute yeah. study, which sounds crazy. You're like, oh my God, you're studying people? What? But like just being around somebody for 10 minutes, where you're like, oh, okay, I can tell, like, okay, they're controlling, oh, yeah. like to be in control of the situation. I actually coached um, a leadership training program at the beginning of March, and it was. It was funny. My um, my captains were like, hey, I just want to let you know that generally when you get your students, they are exact mirrors of you. And I was like, whatever, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> let me tell you guys, these motherfuckers were exactly like me. I hope they listen to this podcast someday and like, uh -huh. whoa, I was like her. Yeah. Um, I didn't go to the next training because pe people were controlling me. And they didn't meet me where I was. They couldn't see that I was like a controller at that point. And they're like, oh, my God. Like, they just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. You need to go to this training. You need to go to this training. There's a lot of money. You need to go to this training. And I was like, I'm not going. And every single one of them literally looked at me and they're like, I'm not going. And I was like, son of a fuck. My students are sitting right in front of me and they are exact mirrors. Crazy. So I had to. Right. You're so I just had to make them together. believe that it was their idea. That's what like meeting a controller where they're at is like. Teresa, if I literally like stand there and watch you load the dishwasher and I'm like, cool, this is her, this is your idea. So just go ahead and load the dishwasher, like do your thing. That's how you win. And that's how I yeah. win by meeting you there. Like it's a win-win. Yeah. I love that. We could talk about this, the matrix all day long. It's like my favorite thing. So yeah, I've shifted and been able, and that is also why I'm starting to blow up in my business. I am able to reconnect with people. Like I've learned that I don't follow up with people. So I do that. And I also learned that I wasn't meeting people where they were. So I also do that. And it's just my way of being that's working and making you money. So with that being said, making money, how do you make money? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you two want to do with this? Like information that you're learning about to make money. <clears throat> mm. That's a great question. Um, so how does, are you asking how do these skills translate no. into something how lucrative? How are you specifically, oh. like you're studying leadership? So, so what do you get to, are yes. you, are you teach? do you want to teach? Like, what do you, what do you want to do oh. with your education? No. <clears throat> so I'm going okay. into human resources. The human aspect of leading people. 
versus a management style or something more with numbers. That's not me. I'm more like the forefront, the client facing, the employee facing type of career path. Whereas some people like more of the behind Mm. the scenes type deal, but my path in human resources is not going to be more an analytical path. It's really going to be like employee facing. I love that. Like conflict management or new hiring promotions, stuff like that. Anything that has to do with like human interaction is really what I love. And this, degree is going to help me get there love I think that we will be really great friends yeah I'm uh Nat my mind is still blown so cool um and what do you plan on doing with this Natalie what do you what's your plans what's your goal what's your vision my vision my goal Natalie doesn't like the spotlight. I know. She no, likes I to don't. be in the spotlight. I was like, oh, Aww. shit, a direct question I have to answer. Oh, She's fuck. so cute. Okay, so I, too, for all the people that will listen to this in the future, am um, getting my master's degree, my MBA, and it's there's a, there's a very large component of leadership in there. So um, I am not in a leadership role right now. I do not manage any team members. But I am involved in, like, lots of projects. I'm usually the person that everybody tries to reach out to because they want me on that team, on their team, doing whatever it is that they're, they're working towards. So my goal is to kind of flip that on its head and ultimately be the one that's reaching out to pull those people onto my team for whatever my vision might be for either career for management for innovation. I don't really know exactly where that's going to lead within corporate America at this point, but Natalie's very reliable. So that's why mm. people ask her to be on mm-hmm. their team because they can count on her. She's she an integrity. Through. Yes. Thank you both. You're one of my oldest friends, dude. Are you serious? Like you're loyal and I give it right back. Like that is why we're still friends. Uh, for those of you who don't know in columbus ohio will be popping off christmas in july it's the best water balloon fight in the fucking city and you should be there because it's going to be a good time yeah i mean yeah literally the square the squarest of squares hey june 29th get a hold of whitney wet wild and bus. okay wet t-shirt contest also you just enrolled me <laughs> Holler. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you ladies would like to talk about before we pop off of here? It has been a awesome 51 minutes of Solid. talking about leadership, and it will not be the last 51 minutes that we talk. No. Not at all. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Thank for you so me. much for joining in. I feel like I got to know you, and I'm excited to um, – Link up in person and talk till fucking eight thirty in the morning and sleep till noon and wake up and do the same thing. Yes. Yep. This was a great on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> These podcasts always are. It's like you get to meet and talk with the coolest people and you don't meet them until like yeah. six oh, months person. later. Yeah. A shout out. And hopefully we were able to share some knowledge that somebody it sparked somebody else's interest <laughs> to 
learn or read more about the matrix or the leadership styles or learning how they can become a better leader in their own lives and work or understand their social cues and domestication. With with that being said, would you ladies, if you'd like, um, share your social media handles so that people can follow you and keep up if they're interested. (laughs) Menstrual massacre. (laughs) Literally the best, <laughs> one, the best handle in the entire world. <laughs> oh my god! Um, All right. Yep. So, um, yeah, mine is around the world in N- Natty days. N A T I. Long ass one. You. Cool. Yep, Natty N A T I. Um, just look at Whitney's Whitney stuff. You know, uh, you can find me in the sure. Colorado. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Oh go my search. god. Go do some work. You sound like my mother. You don't know the definition of that? Go look it well, up. I'm like, are you serious? If it's too long and you can't spell it, then <laughs> uh, And my handle is at sign Whitney Brewer underscore. Follow me. If you don't follow me, you should because there's naked girls all over my page. Hey, not oh, naked. It's true. tasteful nudes. I am all about body positivity. Let's be honest. That was just really promotory right there. Like naked girls. Yeah. It's not. It's uh people loving themselves <laughs> and it's sets my soul on fire. So it's super important to me and I want to promote the shit out of self love. So go follow me. I'm about to get Boom. on that right now. Well, all my love to you Solid. both, wherever the hell you're going. Back at you. Where are you going? We're going to the Nasty Oh, Nasty. that's why you were through Columbus. It's uh, Bunbury Music Festival. Well, weekend. shit, if I wasn't Ladies so damn guests. busy taking pictures of beautiful naked women, I would be there, so. <laughs> Rough life, I guess. Wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> All right, be safe, ladies, and um, until next time. Yes, talk to you soon. Word. Bye. See ya.